I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. This is all part of the Harvest series brought to you by the leaders, innovators of Australian agriculture. From growers, lawyers, accountants, agronomists and now contractors on today's episode. I hope you can use these techniques, technologies that we've talked about on the show to implement into your next year's harvest, no matter what you're cropping. Tell the crew and your boss to listen in to improve your yield, simplify your operation, or even save you some time picking or driving the tractor chasing down the header. This episode, we head out to Victoria to Caniva, smack bang in the middle of Adelaide and Melbourne, best of both worlds, to see how farming, contracting, and YouTube all work within this year's harvest. A pretty cool episode, if I don't say so myself. So, if you like this episode, please help the podcast by sharing it with your mates within your harvest crew so that we can grow and reach more farmers right across Australia. We've hit a milestone of 5,000 listeners in the last month, so we're really going somewhere. And I'm also a farmer too, so doing this on a side, it'd be great help if you can help spread the word. Let's get into it. Mark, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, mate. Good to have you on and get you in for this harvest series. How's all the weather looking down your way and the crops? How are they looking? Uh, looking pretty good, really. Yeah, We're, we uh, have had less rain than what what is average, but uh, our crops are looking pretty good for considering everything, really. So, uh, yeah, it's um, we're a couple of weeks out from windrowing and, uh, yeah, all the bones are there and it's looking good absolutely so it's looking for a better than average year a bit of a bumper crop on average right across australia i think it's 54.1 million tons so hopefully by come harvest time for yourself and those further north already started they're going to get some good yields off this year what's the yield looking like and 
the starting season for Harvest for planning time? Um, yeah, well, for us, it's looking right on an average yield, I say, yeah. I'd say. Um, nothing spectacular, but uh, not not bad, not bad at all. So, mm-hmm. well, you can't argue with that on average is pretty good and get you out of the last few years have been pretty tough. Before we get down to agribusiness and everything else, what's your background and connection to agriculture and where did it all kick off for you? So, uh, yeah, for me, I, I've all, always been on the farm. Grew up on the farm with mum and dad and my four siblings. Um, so, yeah, Pa was a farmer. Pa's dad was a farmer. I think his dad was a farmer. And I think his dad before that came out on a boat from England. So it's in our blood, really. Stole a loaf of bread or something. Yep, beautiful. Yeah. So it's four to five generations of farming there, maybe even six um, I, before I, I didn't six. get the count. But yeah. yeah, I think six. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty astonishing how long you've been in farming. And as everyone knows, Australia is pretty new compared to other nations developing. Um, but getting into agriculture, how important is it st- sticking in agriculture as a young person for yourself and the other four siblings? Are they in the farming operation as well? or? Um, so we've been through a bit of a succession planning sort of a phase of our business, um, or of my parents' business and my oldest brother, he exited the farm, um, with his own piece of land and started a contracting business similar to what I've started. Um, and then my three other siblings, they're not interested in the farm as well, but yeah, very, very sort of similar to others out there I hear. So, Hmm. You get yeah. some that like the ag part and some that don't, but always good. Um, I think succession planning is a huge topic currently. So good to hear that you've gone through that and set the, what sort of advice would you give for anyone going through succession from the young sort of farmer point of view? Uh, <laughs> my advice, I was pretty much a bystander in all of ours because yep. um, I was still, I'd only just left school, but yeah, okay. uh, my advice would be start. Start and do whatever you can, even if it's just a discussion, just get into it because the more you can talk about it and think about it, the the um, easier it'll happen, I think. Yeah, 100%. And that's been the word going around on the podcast for each person that I've come on the show that's talked about succession planning. But talk to me about like what your operation looks like and what your program does and also Let's get into some contracting as that's a bit of a thing where I've got you on. You're a unique guest on the show and I was trying to get you on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're running about, uh, I think it's right around 7,000 acres our farm is at the moment. We're running about 2,000 breeding ewes and that's yep. probably our main income. Yep. Um, breeding prime lambs out of 1,000 and then out of the remaining 1,000 we're we're crossing with a border Leicester ram and making first cross ewe lambs um, for sale. And then um, we're, we're selling, we, we sell a lot of cover crops for grazing. So we have, we sow probably 12, 1300 hectares of crop each year, but we harvest about 600 hectares yep. um, of wheat and barley. We sell a lot of vetch for sheep feed. And this is our first year sowing canola as well. So, um, yeah, I guess when I when I started on the farm, I kind of I'm a bit of a business guy. I for for my birthday when I turned ten, I got a lawn spreader, a fertilizer <laughs> spreader, 
I quickly hopped on the computer and made up this nice sheet of paper that advertised my contracting business. And I went around to a few families' places and uh, spread their lawn with fertilizer. So it's, it's kind of been in me from the start. Um, but yeah, I really, I really wanted to sink my teeth into the farming and an opportunity came up for me to buy an offset disc. Or I've been told on YouTube that it's not called an offset disc. It's called a tandem disc harrow. Um, yeah, but I, I bought one of them and uh, did a bit of contracting, hired it out to a few people around the place. And um, yeah, then with the succession planning, I was able to uh, get some land, buy some land off mum and dad. And then from that, I was able to buy a self-propelled sprayer, which is may way way bigger than what we need on our farm um huge capacity but the way i was able to justify that was because i had a lot of contract windrowing lined up so it's becoming quite um a lot of people value the windrowing and spraying underneath the cutter bar and uh the nitros with the windrow front on them are really the perfect the perfect machine for that i think and uh yeah so I do all the spraying at mum and dad's place with with the nitro during the year. And then yep. for two weeks, usually at the start of November, I, I put the windrail front on and drive it around the countryside and windrail as much canola as I can. And that, that short stint of contracting pays for having an awesome high clearance sprayer for the rest of the year. Yeah, beautiful. So... You're windrowing and spraying at your family's place. Have you picked up some work following around the region? For yeah, it? so this is actually the first year that I'll be doing windrowing and spraying on our own farm Yeah. Um, because we haven't had canola to windrow beforehand. But yeah, so I, I do about 1,300 hectares for other farmers around the area. Yep. So yeah. Beautiful, keeps you ticking along and really keeps that money coming in so you can cover your expenses, I could imagine. What was the decision on canola? Was that price? Uh, Yeah, price price and rotation. Um, We were down to put in a lot of vetch. And um, like, so I kind of just looked at the hay market and went, oh, it's not looking that good. Um, So yeah, thought canola's looking really good. So maybe we'll try for a different type of a broadleaf and, yeah, it's come off for us this year or so far anyway. Yeah, so the canola price is going pretty good around, I think averaging 800 bucks, but nearing that thousand as we come into harvest time. What's mm. the prices doing down south and like where do you sort of sell to? Is it going into export, into the ports or? Yeah, yeah. So ours goes into the local grain corp system um, yep. and then down to Portland after that. So yeah, the prices are... Canola's hovering around. Well, last time I looked last week, I think it was $900 a tonne or something like that. And wheat was around 300 I think. I can't remember yeah. perfectly. But, yeah, um, they're, they're looking pretty good. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good year to fill the pockets of farmers that have had a rough trot in the last four to five years. You, sure. you guys had a pretty rough trot down there as well, um, around Canaima as well. Um, so we're, we're in a very fortunate area right yep. where we are. Um, 
we've had a few years where we've only just had enough rain and only just at exactly the right times. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're running on, I think it's six decent years in a row. But before that, I think it was almost 15 years of no bumper years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, we're very, very, very fortunate in this area that we've had a good trot, but uh, the, the land price has definitely followed that um that those good years and it's represented i think last year or maybe in january something there was a a block of land around here that that sold for uh pretty sure it was seven thousand dollars an acre which is just astronomical like i don't know how they can make that work but anyway hats off to them for making for having a go at it yeah yeah, 100%. They used to be only getting that seven grand or thereabouts for just a lifestyle for those richer people looking to retire. And now it's going into big property too. So you have to pay big bucks to get into land, no matter oh, like where you sure. are. Mm. Um, and the land was looking at the like price per millimeter of hectare that you own um, mm. and whereabouts. That's pretty interesting to see of how like it's um, determined by your rainfall and how it goes. Yeah, well. so I actually had a look at that, and I think we're we're in uh, maybe not the highest area on that land yep. article, but we're we're definitely in the second highest bracket. So, mm. yep, we well, can't argue with that, and you, it's a pretty good thing to be within that bracket for sure. But mate, you've started a YouTube channel, and you got into—I don't know—is it advocating, or is it telling your story, or is it how-to's for YouTube well, channels? Talk a bit of everything, it. I guess. It's kind of a mix of, of it all. But yeah, yeah. So I just I, uh, decided I wanted to see some Australian farmers out there because <laughs> I, I'd watched uh, the likes of the Welker, Welker Family Farm and um, the Millennial Farmer. And uh, yeah, kind of thought, oh, I'd really like to see some Australians. And um, my wife said, well, why don't you have a go? So I got a GoPro for my birthday and pointed at anything that I thought was interesting and I've ended up yeah with a few people watching it yeah that's it and it's a bit of a unique position like that millennial farmer he's killing it and getting 200 million views or something crazy like that um mm. but, but it's a bit of a different market down here in Australia we don't really have the consumers to be able to watch this content or the amount of farmers that can relate to what the content is but what what got you into it? Was it just watching the millennial farmer and see that tick away? And you're like, Oh, we could do this for Australia and see what happens. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much it. But I guess really I've always been interested in, in video and stuff like that. Like I found some, some videos that I've made for my niece and nephew who live in Melbourne. Yeah. I, uh, I made them on a cheap, a really, really cheap camera. Um, and that was back in 2016. So that was before the millennial farmer even started his account. And they were, they were the vlog style videos of what I was doing in the day. Um, yeah. So I guess I don't, I'm definitely not claiming it as my own idea, but um, it's something that I've been trying my hand at for a fair while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great stuff. I think the farming community needs a bit of, content in there um and to liven it up and make it a bit more excited than that just day-to-day -day content newspapers and then just a 
generic sort of shot of farming. But to bring into your own farming practices and what you get up to, it's pretty cool. And then it probably leads into schools and everything, the younger kids looking to find out what's happening on farm and a bit of a tutorial of how the day goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of, my, my aim or my audience that I'm aiming at is sort of teenagers, like older teenagers and adults. Um, yep. I'm not so much going for the young kids because I think there's, there is a lot of um, or quite a bit of resource out there for the young kids along the lines of uh, George, the George farmer. The farmer. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of didn't want to step on anyone's toes and that's not really where I want to, where I see myself having the best impact. So yeah, I just kind of go try to go a bit more in depth and explain the why behind what we're doing and the decisions that we're making. So yeah. Absolutely mate. Well, it's making a bit of a, breakthrough for that i imagine with the views that you're getting and the exposure that you've had i've seen it being up here in new south wales so it's going pretty good um and keep up the good work but for your farm what are any technologies or techniques that you or your family have implemented that's helped you throughout your day-to-day routine um yeah so probably the biggest one uh and i would say the biggest one for most farms uh worldwide really is the the advent the inventing of auto steering for tractors like if you told my pa probably 40 years ago oh look in 40 years i'll be sitting on a tractor looking on my phone while the tractor's driving itself and variable rating different products he just would have been like nah you're joking mate that's ridiculous but like it's just commonplace now i think really that has changed our um our farm more than anything more recently um but yeah just how technology is going it's it's exciting to see and i'm excited to see what what they come up with in the future yeah definitely i think there's a lot more to come and we're really like just at the beginning of it but i agree those straight lines they do get you and that neighbor that hasn't quite got those lines ready you know he's not running the auto steer and I'll yeah. have to put my tail between my legs because we're not actually running auto steer here. We're predominantly stockies with a yep. few few crops. So it's just my steady arms at the moment. But I think as we extend our cropping program, we'll probably look into it and see how it can work for us. I know it's a good thing to add into it, but... Yeah, well, st- there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with steering, Jack. Don't worry about that. It worked for plenty of years before we got all fancy. But yeah, nah. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you can work it into your own sort of enterprise and it works for you, why not? And if it doesn't, don't worry about it. But for yourself, the pandemic, connecting with people on YouTube, what sort of challenges have you seen or haven't seen working on your family farm during the last two years? Um, So my, uh, my channel really only started at the start of the pandemic. That's when I really got started in it. Um, I think because I had a lot of time on my hands, but also seeing a heap of people panic buying um, like from supermarkets and stuff. I was like, oh, these people need to know that their food's not running out. Food isn't made just like that. It uh, takes a long time to grow it and produce it. Um, but yeah, some, some challenges, I guess. Um, I haven't been to a field days in 
three years. And yeah, uh, big one. Yeah, I really miss that. I was looking forward to them this year, the speed field days. They planned it all. And then like a month out before it went ahead, it uh, a lockdown happened and they had to cancel it, which was a shame. But um, yeah, it's, I think we're still experiencing the flow on effects of it. Um, and I think the mental health burden on it all will, um, will be quite evident in the future. But um, yeah, border, border crossing has been our biggest issue. Um, being right next to the Victoria, South Australia border, all of our machinery dealers are in border town and we're on the Victorian side. So um, there has been some times where we've had to freight stuff to Caniva and pick it up um, where we can't go into the machinery dealers ourselves. Um, so that's just a whole nother challenge. But anyway, you got to do what you got to do. That's it. Get on with the job. And those delays for agriculture have been pretty lengthy and hopefully come harvest time, we can sort of sort those out. Breakdowns in the paddock are inevitable for whoever's out there harvesting. So hopefully we can iron a few of those things out and speed up the process for you. Yeah, definitely. But for yourself, for YouTube, your farming, um, and also merit contracting, what's a goal that you've set in the next five to 10 years? Well, I kind of thought about this one a bit. And uh, I, with YouTube, I, I didn't expect it to, to get to where it is. Like yeah. I expected maybe couple hundred people to watch the videos or something like that but i never thought that it would be to to get what it what it has i'm just blown away really so um everything that happens anyone who sends me an email and says oh i want to work with you i want you to come on my podcast i'm just blown away really because i'm just mark from conniver i'm just doing my own thing and yeah um so there's not really any goals with that just keep going probably is the biggest goal um, and that's the same with farming, just to try and improve. I just, in five years time, I just want to be better than what I am now. I want to, I want to be more efficient and, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's in a better spot than what it is currently. Yeah, absolutely. Be a little bit better for tomorrow. That consistency of like what we do, your YouTube channel and podcasting needs to be pretty high. Otherwise, like if you drop off in agriculture, your crop's going to drop off or your use are going to decrease in value yeah. over time. So that consistency, getting it right and seeing how it goes really plays hand in hand with farming and your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Consistency is key. Absolutely. So off the head, which is your biggest video that you had on YouTube go viral for Australian agriculture? So my biggest one um, is, I can't remember what the title of it is. I released it in October of 2019. So yep. it's got the same birthday as COVID. Um, and yeah, we just sorted out some sheep, got some you, some lambs out of the ewes um, that had jumped through the fence. And I think I even mowed my lawn at the end. And uh, I looked back at it and some of the editing's a bit dodgy and I used copyrighted songs, so I haven't been able to monetize it. Um, yeah, and it's got like 25,000 views or something like that. I, I haven't looked for a while, but yeah, maybe 20,000. It's, uh, it's just 
for whatever reason, hit the algorithm right and um, people loved it. Absolutely. Well, okay, so I think I saw someone say, but if like if you only get 30 views on your video, but 30 people turned up to your front door and knocked and wanted to see what you're up to and what you're doing, you'd be pretty, you'd be pretty wrapped about how 30 people came to your door. So no matter oh, the yeah, people, sure. if 25,000 people rocked up to your door or saw an event, it's like the podcast, if 5,000 people were in auditorium and I was speaking, I don't think I could actually speak properly. It's good yeah. behind a screen or just one-to-one. It's a lot better than one to 5,000. Yeah, yeah, do. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, mate, what are you most excited about agriculture coming up and what the opportunities are? And what would be one piece of farms advice for someone within agriculture looking to do what you have done with your YouTube channel or someone looking to get into agriculture? Yeah. Um, so yeah, what I, my, my pieces of advice would be, you don't have to start a YouTube channel. You don't have to start a podcast. You don't have to start an Instagram page or Facebook page, whatever, just do whatever you feel is the best thing to spread the good news of agriculture. Um, just so happens I've got the gear and I've had a go at the YouTube channel and it's it's come off for me, but it probably won't work for everyone. But just simply talking, talking to your uncle Bill, who lives in Melbourne, who's a businessman, and telling him about farming and him being really interested. If that's all you can do, do that. And just that's that's a step forward for agriculture. And that's all we can really ask. Together, we're all a team trying to show how good Australian agriculture really is. So, yeah, and anyone looking to get into business or, or farming or anything like that, my advice is look out for opportunities. There's opportunities everywhere. Look out for them. Consider everything. Don't say no to anything that you haven't considered. And um, choose wisely, I guess. It's just... The world is your oyster. You've just got to have a go at it is probably probably my best advice. And some things I'm excited about is, yeah, the advent of technology in agriculture and how accessible it is to just the common person now. Like it's not, it's yeah. not a luxury anymore. People are starting to view it as a necessity for our farming practices. So, yeah, that's really exciting for me as more people adopt it it becomes invested in more by by the companies and um yeah it it will become more available to everyone beautifully put about the mold of how people are doing it within agriculture we all hold a little piece of agriculture and have our inputs youtube channel not, might not be for you but if you find your niche within agriculture and stick with it you're sure to be come up with something that's real really worthwhile for it but yeah for sure before you go what's a piece of advice that you've received that's keep you ticking that gets you up in the morning to go contracting when it's 45 degrees <laughs> um, um well a local farmer told me one day oh just go and borrow some more money there's <laughs> nothing like a bit of debt to get you out of bed in the morning <laughs> um yeah no that's a bit of a laugh that one um but it does keep you motivated uh probably a piece of advice that i was given 
that that was very valuable to me is um, you can learn something from every situation. I think if you, as soon as you write off a situation and think, nah, this person hasn't got, I haven't, hasn't got anything to offer me. Um, well, you're never going to learn anything. But if you, if you come to every, every situation thinking this person or this job, this day, I'm going to learn something from it. What can I learn? Well then, yeah, you're going to, you're going to get better each day. And that's what yeah. it's all about, I guess. Absolutely. It's all you can do. Um, as your hat says on your head there, Mark, you're a bit of an ag leader, both on yeah. YouTube and out in the paddock. So thanks for coming on and sharing a bit of your advice and see how we can produce around YouTube channel. Um, I need to spend a bit more time on ours as well. So, but great to have you on and see your expertise and what you're up to and also your family down there. It's a new region for the podcast. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So um, if you want to find me on YouTube, just search up Merit Contracting Australia Farm on yep. YouTube and I should pop up. Um, yeah. And it's just Merit Contracting on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and Twitter. I have a go at a bit of everything. So yeah. Beautiful. Thanks I'll have all the links in the show notes. Before you go, who else would you like to hear on the FarmsWise podcast and why? Oh, who would I like to hear? Oh, you put me on the spot now. I haven't had a think it about it. can this be one. industry related if you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it down Caniva way so you keep it local. Get a few. I would like to hear from Nathan Tink. He's got a, a wealth of knowledge about um, agronomy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I learn something every time he comes out to the farm. He's our agronomist. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think he'd have a lot to, to offer the podcast. Right, well, the pressure's on, Nathan. We'll get in touch very soon. Right, mate, <laughs> thanks for coming. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Jack. No matter where you tuned in from, the paddock, the office, the tractor, or out there picking Australia's fruit and vegetables, thanks for tuning in for episode number five of the Harvest Series. And thanks to Mark Merritt for coming on the show and giving us his time and the transparency to see through what his operation looks like and what he's keen on in the next five to 10 years. Make sure you do share this episode and get it out there and maybe even a cheeky five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help us get a better yield for the podcast harvest each week. Until, fr- until Tuesday next week, keep on harvesting and we'll keep on farming over here. See you next time. Farmers, don't forget to enter our very first hat competition. Head over to Farms Vice Instagram page and make sure you join along to be in the running to win the very first Farms Vice hat. See you next week. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.